This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Welcome into the Huskies Warming House podcast, episode 166 here in the den. Nick Max and Noah Grant here in the middle of June to bring you the show. It's a bit of a different show. It's what I would maybe refer to as a transitional show, so to speak. Uh, the fans have spoken in our fan poll. Not that kind of transition, Nick. I, I, I knew that popped in your head, and we're going to avoid that at all costs. But uh, <laughs> Hockey, come on. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Uh, but regardless, um, we have some changes that are coming to the show, and they're uh, fairly significant uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, number one, we are going to be moving into our summer slate after this week in terms of both the WCHA and the NCHC. We're really going to expand our previews uh, related to uh, all of the teams that encompass both of those leagues and, of course, our St. Cloud State Huskies. So we'll kind of open that up as well at the tail end of the show as well as just the general changes to the show. It's going to be a much different uh feel as far as the rhythm moving forward i mean it might even be different as far as the look and the way hosting uh goes so we'll kind of walk through that as we move forward into uh, the later portions of the main portion of the show it will likely be a bit of a shorter show today as well too so uh the only other main portion topic uh, that we're going to talk about is the stanley cup final and just uh kind of briefly mention a little bit of some ahl things i know a lot of listeners will get to this as well are wondering what about arizona state it will tie into the end of the show as well, too, as to our plan for that news related to the NCHC, which is obviously very big as we move forward. And then uh, the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup, we'll start with that. Changes coming to that as well, too. So we'll dive into it, and we start, as always, with Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes, recaps, photos, and more. Go to centericeview.com. Illustrated Weekly Roundup, Noah, uh, maybe the final time we do this. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, this is a big one. Uh, Michael Andlauer, um, who is going to be purchasing the Ottawa Senators um, after it, it seemed like the commissioner had said that it could be weeks, just a week ago, 
before this process may actually finally be finished. Um, and it still technically isn't, but minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens uh, is now set to buy the Ottawa Centers for just a shade under a billion dollars. Um, he'll have to sell his stake in the Habs if it is approved. And again, that's the caveat, right, is that there is a principal agreement in place. However, it has to be approved by the league and its board of governors hence the other owners. Uh, but it looks like finally some resolution coming to the sale of the Ottawa Senators because longer this thing plays out, uh, shall I say, other things may start hurting, including the players uh, feeling a little bit more uncertain about their futures as well. Uh, speaking of other news north of the border with the Calgary Flames, uh, uh, finally some new blood. Uh, this is what uh, I like to see personally. Uh, they're promoting assistant coach Ryan Huska to to. Uh, take over as the top coach for the Flames. Uh, 47-year-old, spent the previous five seasons as an assistant on the Flames staff. Uh, first NHL head coaching opportunity, uh, but he's also guided their AHL affiliate uh, to four for four seasons, excuse me, before joining the big club. He also led the WHL's Kelowna Rockets to a Memorial Cup berth in 2009. So plenty of experience going to Calgary and um, more importantly, not any more recycled coaches unless your name is the New York Rangers. Um, so <laughs> speaking of which, though, let's stay out east, right? Because there's still some more news to the eastern part of the country. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have hired Jason Spezza. Speaking of the Ottawa-Pittsburgh, uh, shall we say, connection, right? As assistant general manager. So congratulations to him. Um, this was just announced uh, just today. So uh, very relatively recent news as we're recording this again Wednesday the 14th. Um, a couple of other ones that may have happened over the past week, uh, uh, Arizona, Toronto, apparently the rumors and everything else continues to just get more weird. Uh, they hire Shane Doan as special advisor to general manager Brad Trilliving, who again recently appointed to that same post. Uh, we talked about the Rangers. They did hire Peter LaViolette as their next head coach. Uh, LaViolette now uh, fourth fifth maybe head coaching opportunity um so rangers yeah uh looking to get an experienced coach uh they're in a definitely a Stanley cup push so i sort of get it but you kind of wonder how long that leash is because it seems like the leash on any coach with the rangers has been maybe max two years as of recent uh look and the philadelphia flyers continue to purge broadcasters uh this time (laughs) adding patrick sharp to the front office so not only keith jones going in in uh, in terms of a front office well now patrick sharp who uh, i thought you know great player obviously his time in chicago dallas philadelphia even for a brief matter but um, even as a broadcaster really refined his craft i thought he was actually very insightful uh both in the studio as well as uh essentially eyesight and uh the flyers saying yeah no this guy seems like he knows what he's doing so they're also putting him in the front office as they continue to remake a lot of those uh, positions there under new GM, Daniel Breer. Yeah, well, with the potential changes to regional sports networks, maybe it's kind of a two-fold gig. They run the team and also run the broadcast too, right? We'll have to... (laughs) Well, and if you're Patrick Sharp, you know, if it really goes down, you maybe can lace them up. Who knows? So, yeah. Yeah. Great player, obviously. A Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks. Multiple cups as well, too, for him. So uh, a lot of experience. Danny Briere, great player. And then, of course, Keith Jones, who uh, you talk about someone who also has refined his craft uh, when yes. it comes to the broadcasting world. Fantastic analyst. And, of course, uh, will be well missed in that regard. Uh, um, potentially might see him in, in some capacity and maybe some special events or some things like that. But, uh, you know, moving forward, obviously, a very full-time job for uh, Philadelphia. Um, You know, we always say that though, but then, you know, like we see things like we saw John Cooper, you know, on for one of the events and stuff, you know, it's. Yeah. It it depends on the contract, right. And everyone's different. Uh, 
you'd like to think, especially in a, a particular sense, you know, usually there's a clause where it, there's, you probably have to get permission for such things. I would imagine if it's, you know, Philadelphia who are certainly going to be rebuilding and probably rebuilding for a couple of years. Um, if the Flyers are not in a, shall I say, a playoff position and we get to the postseason, I can't imagine the Flyers um, having an, any sort of issue with them maybe joining a broadcast team for maybe a playoff push. Yeah. But we never know, right? Um, I would like to see him in that role. But again, new role. Maybe we'll see if you know the leadership allows that to happen. Well, Philadelphia would like to be in a playoff push themselves or at least be close to relevance right. for making the playoff race and uh, you know, hang on to their first-round draft picks on top of that. Uh, speaking of a team that uh, has changed that, uh, a third-round draft pick in this uh, year's draft, the Columbus Blue Jackets sent uh, that pick that was originally owned by Calgary. They sent it to New Jersey uh, to land defenseman Damon Severson, eight years, $50 million for the defenseman to basically sign and trade by New Jersey heading to Columbus and uh, yeah this one was kind of an interesting one Nick I uh, you know a lot there's a lot of people that have talked about you know how the term and the contract are a bit of an overpay here um, I mean how do you feel about this one we always get kind of punchy when it comes to eight-year contracts but we do um, I think what's even more curious to me is what is going on with Yarmo Kekalainen uh, <laughs> and, and I mean that respectfully because he Throughout his tenure, he's really not, shall we say, been a big player in terms of big names. You know, and it, it's it doesn't hurt that the franchise themselves has not really been, shall we say, you know, in maybe tops of players' minds. But if you can take advantage of, shall we say, a, a system that's cap strapped, uh, and maybe add to the team, uh, there's been a pretty big makeover by the Blue Jackets in the past twelve to fourteen months, and you kind of wonder with Kekalainen too that he's also sort of getting impatient. Um, it goes back to um, uh, the relief of their head coach uh, recently too, right? Where uh, a lot of blame maybe wasn't really placed on him and Brad Larson, but uh, still made the change and. Uh, now it's like, okay, well, I got to get more talent. So it's curious what the, I think Severson's worth that contract. Uh, but you do kind of wonder what the Blue Jackets sort of plan is. Again, now with Johnny Goudreau, uh, a few other key pieces that they're trying to build, you kind of wonder if they're just kind of sick and tired of, you know, being in that spot where they're continued kind of, shall we say, bottom third of the league. And, you know, yeah. it's, it just is what it is. But, and maybe rumbling some up top that, Maybe Kekalina may be on the hot seat. I don't know. That's maybe just all speculation in my own 36-year-old head. Uh, but it kind of feels that he's been more aggressive in, you know, in, in the last couple of months uh, to try to remake this Jackets roster on the fly. So I, I kind of think there's some pressure there as well. Yeah, you almost feel like if it doesn't pan out, you know, he might be gone. I think just kind of making those moves yeah. again, uh, Severson will kind of be on probably that top pairing with Wierenski. Um, David Juracek, Adam Boquist, Andrew Peak, Eric Goodbranson, and Nick Blakenberg round out the defensive core. Um, you know, Provorov as well, Jake Bean in that organization as well, too. So a lot of defensemen to pull from there. Um, yeah, Columbus is just kind of in a weird spot, like you said, where they've been kind of spinning their tires a little bit for the past couple of years and looking to find some traction. So uh, you talk about uh, i think the underlying numbers for severson who you know defensive metrics put him in the in the top third of the league in terms of his defensive and offensive metrics but um was a top four guy that moved into a, a bottom pairing guy for the past couple of years when john marino of course um you know was added this past offseason so i think that has people a little bit on edge as do you feel like he can suddenly jump into a top four or even a top two role and kind of run with it a little bit so well, yeah and, yeah. and you know, like 
know until you're thrown into the, in that spot, right? Uh, and again, it's a different organization. It's got you know a different staff and a different a different makeup. So maybe it's better suited. And you know sometimes it's just the way that the coach wants to play, right? It's nothing to do with the individual player. It is probably to a level, but I get the sense that this is more of a specific type. Uh, of trade, especially from the New Jersey side of things where, you know, and for Columbus, you know, this, it's still a big piece and it shows that we know this, the sign and trade, right. You're, you're not, you know, Columbus wanted to make sure that they, if they're going to give up a a pick like they did, that they had essentially some longevity with getting, uh, shall we say value for that pick. So it's going to work for both sides. I feel in New Jersey, uh, speaking of a team that's kind of going for it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty massive. Yeah, definitely a big change. Also, another team that had a very good rebound year like New Jersey this season, the Los Angeles Kings, re-signing pending unrestricted free agent defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov, uh, the former Blue Jacket, to a two-year extension, average annual value $5.875 million, full no-move clause over those two years, and $10.2 million uh, in signing bonuses um, with this one. So the base salary is actually $775,000. this so- contract? <laughs> uh, so it sounds awfully familiar <laughs> yeah um chuck fletcher maybe no uh, yeah i i interesting right uh, you know sure, but... in terms of those sign-on bonuses and things i mean it's only two two years uh, for the extension so i mean it's not like it's a heavy commitment so to speak but you know a great defensive defenseman not an offensive uh push by any means maybe they want him to open that up a little bit but uh um with him and uh, Derek Roy on the back end there, uh, they've been a formidable shutdown force for the LA Kings and they like what they see. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, and I think the cap strengths on teams, I think yeah. you would have seen a higher AAV, you know, if you're not looking at essentially another year of flat cap here. So you're still getting your money as a player, but getting it in the form of signing bonuses is really what you're looking at. So yeah, it, it's different, but the, you know, GMs are getting creative to try to find ways to attract players and uh, signing bonus is one way to do that. Granted, there's still restrictions on that to a degree, uh, but uh, they made it happen. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, all the changes and the big trades obviously coming from L.A., which makes me beg the question, by the way, does Jonathan Quick get a Stanley Cup ring? I don't think he does. I think he does, actually, because it's not the... F- oh, I, I guess he's still dressed as a backup, technically. Yeah, you have to appear, and I think it's 60 or 62 regular season games to have your name engraved on or, the cup. Or one final game. So I guess if you're backing up, you're technically dressed, right? I would, yeah, because you're not scratched. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I think I think for sure he gets <laughs> his name on the cup. Yeah, that, that worked out. <laughs> I mean, Phil didn't even dress for one playoff game, and he's going to get one. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. Hot dogs. Um, yeah, uh, someone plenty, who mustard. Yeah, someone who uh, can bring the mustard in terms of being a speedster here. The Blackhawks re-signing uh, forward Andreas Athanasiu, two years, four point two five million average annual value. Have always loved him as a player. Think he brings a lot to the table with his foot speed. Uh, the Oilers in Edmonton signing Derek Ryan, the veteran, two years, one point eight million dollars for him. And then our final topic here, coming uh, actually out of the concussion world a little bit here, Henri Richard, uh, the longtime Canadian, uh, of course, uh, brother of the Rocket, um, Maurice Richard, diagnosed with CTE following his death in 2020. He was 84 when he passed a couple of years ago, research finding that out. And, of course, he was not a physical guy, not an enforcer by any means. So, uh, I mean, kind of gives an idea, no surprise, based on the time period and the physicality and the lack of protective gear. But right. 
you know, I, I think just kind of throwing that out there. Thought it was an interesting little piece and thought we would uh, include it, it, it in continues, there. The case continues to build, right? And I know that uh, the Steve Dangle podcast with uh, Alan Walsh continues to hammer away mm-hmm. um, at the NHL and more specifically Gary Bettman on the NHL and the link to CDE, right? The NFL has taken that step. And you just kind of wonder if the NHL just simply won't do it because of the position they are in financially currently. Um, but you also kind of wonder if there's other ulterior motives. I don't know. Um, to me, it's, it's got to be the bottom line, and that's about it. Uh, but uh, the NHL is still holding pat, and uh, unless the commissioner changes, I don't really see that changing anytime soon either. Certainly would agree, but what is changing is the future of our show, including Center Ice View News and Notes and the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. So potentially we bid adieu for this segment for at least the time being as we move on to some changes and move on to the main portion of the show. Welcome into the Huskies Warming House podcast, episode 166 here in the den. Noah Grant, Nick Maxson, as always, joining you in the middle of June here, Nick. And uh, we have only two topics left in the show. So, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of where we're at for this week. A lot of changes coming up. We'll get to that in a moment. But the big topic here, of course, uh, before we get to the big topic, I guess, the AHL Calder Cup finals will wrap up in the next week. So, We'll be keeping an eye on that. Of course, game four will be uh, coming up tomorrow slash when the show comes out on Thursday. Game five uh, would be on Saturday. Game six, if needed, is on Monday. Game seven on Wednesday. So a big uh, comeback victory in overtime for the Hershey Bears to bring that series back to two to one. Uh, Before that, Coachella Valley had outscored them nine to nothing over the first two games. And uh, finally, Hershey gets one five to four in overtime in game three. So they were up uh, four to one, two before Coachella came back and tied it to bring it to overtime. So you talk about huge for Hershey. That was a almost a must win game and they got it done. Yeah. Coachella Valley, the holy. Well, they're on fire. I guess they're the Firebirds. So I guess that kind of that was a fuego (laughs) comment. Nice boy we're pitiful aren't we um you know what wasn't pitiful is the effort for both of these teams regardless of a four to one finish in the stanley cup final a lot of injuries a lot of physicality um yeah squads here um really to kind of break it down here there's a lot of pieces that go into this obviously four to one the final in terms of the series score uh florida does get their first victory in stanley cup final history with that overtime come from behind winning game number three nine to three was the final for the clinching game the other night which uh yeah was kind of tough Yep. Um, on the Vegas side, Jonathan Marcheseau, um, second among all skaters this spring, 25 points in 22 games, only trailed Jack Eichel, of course, um, 13 goals tied for the lead in the playoffs with Leon Dreisaitl of Edmonton. Uh, he wins the Conn Smythe as uh, the MVP. I, I don't know, Nick. I, I mean, obviously he was really good. Did you feel like he was the guy? I think no secret if Florida had gone on and hung on, Matthew Kachuk was the guy. No doubt about it on that yep. side of things. Did you feel that Marshall so was the right pick or did you feel Jack Eichel, Aiden Hill? Was there anybody else that stood out to you that you felt maybe could have been close to Marshall? So who had a great playoffs, no doubt. To me, it would have been Aiden Hill. That would have been my one a or one B right. Um, Jack Eichel, I think, you know, he should be in that conversation too, just because it, just the way that he carried himself throughout the entirety yeah. of the playoffs, especially on the defensive side of the puck, um, you know, definitely took, open ice in front of him when he did have the puck. And at times he felt like it was necessary or had an opportunity, but he wasn't selfish. He played a very team 
forward game, uh, sort of kind of evolved as a player. And how about this, right? Connor McDavid, multiple trips to playoffs. Again, he was number two behind (laughs) McDavid, number one, his first ever trip. And he goes all the way and hoists the Stanley cup. Uh, I can imagine Edmonton fans are probably trembling right now. Uh, And especially if you're Connor McDavid watch, I mean, wow, what a, what a first way, you know, to go through a playoff run to go all the way up. Um, it's tough, right? Marcia so had, was it 11 straight games with a goal, something like that. So going back to what essentially the first round or late yeah. or early second and, round. And how painful is it to be a Florida Panthers fan and know that the guy that burns you used to be a Panther. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both uh, him and Riley Smith, Riley Smith tallied again in last night's clinching game. I can only imagine the well, emotions. Who didn't? <laughs> right. That's fair. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, at the end of it, I think it probably was the the hot name. Um, again, I would have been fine with Aiden Hill too. Although, you know, was he overshadowed a bit by maybe the Bobrovsky talk early on? Even though yeah. Bobrovsky throughout the series was not nearly the same goaltender as we saw through the first three rounds. Well, didn't um, didn't play the entire playoffs too, did Aiden Hill either? You know, and right. I think another guy that fits that bill. I really like Jack Eichel for the pick. Actually, I still thought he was really underrated. Um, yes, Mark Stone. You know, if he would have had another round or two, probably would have been in that conversation very quickly. What a Stanley Cup final he had. Hat trick uh, in the, I mean, holy cow. I mean, isn't that yeah. the stuff you dream of when you're on the, uh, the backyard mm-hmm. pond, uh, just not only, you know, score the game winner in game seven, this was game five, uh, but you get a hat trick in a cup clinching game. I mean, I don't know how you can top that in terms of his personal career. Uh, so it, pretty insane. Uh, I'm okay with a Marcia Sopek. I still think he deserves that con Smythe trophy, but you could have made an argument for both Jack Eichel as well as Aiden Hill. And I think either one of those three names would have been well-deserving of it. Yeah, and I, you know, I think too when you look at just all the players that Vegas brought, I mean, they really just continue to pick up steam as they went, and part of that was staying healthy. We're going to touch on that in just a few moments. I'm yep. glad it wasn't a four nothing sweep. Certainly could have went to I think at least six games had Florida gotten a bounce maybe in game one, but Vegas yes. just was a train that you know would not stop rolling. Um, part of that again was the injury bug. Let's touch on that a little bit here. Florida yeah. definitely banged up and we hear about this in the playoffs all the time. As we go through the big one, Aaron Eckblad, I uh, broke his foot uh, twice, dislocated his shoulder, tore his oblique in the playoffs and had a mild concussion after round three. I mean, I uh, broke walking. Like, oh, I don't know. I mean, he broke, he broke his foot in uh, the first round against Boston, you know, and, so you think that that's tough. Obviously, we saw Matthew Kachuk come back in game number three. Well, the reason being uh, he missed game five, a fractured sternum from game number three, played number four. But Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, said he didn't dress himself for game four. Somebody helped him get his gear on. Somebody tied his skate. Somebody put his jersey on for him. Of course, that's he led real. he led Florida with 11 goals, 24 points, and 20 playoff contests. Um, one point behind Jonathan Marshall, by the way. So that's kind of what we talked about that conversation. But I mean, you can't even get your gear on, you know, and they're giving you pain medication. They're doing whatever. And you can't even do that. And you're playing an entire NHL game in the Stanley Cup final, you know, it, it, series that was physical too. extremely, uh, you know, Radko Gudis, high ankle sprain should have required six weeks of rehab. He'll get that now. Obviously, Sam Bennett as well might require shoulder surgery, had a tough time getting his gear on as well, too. Um, you know, you look at the physical toll that it takes on some of these players, you know, the, the Stanley cup playoffs, I think just breed a different level. Uh, and you, you know, what an impressive run for Florida. Obviously we've talked about it so much throughout our show here, but you know, 
as obviously great it is for Vegas to, you know, win their first Stanley Cup in franchise history and only their what sixth or seventh year and you know, yep. yeah, build up what they've done as well too. Um, you really kind of feel for Florida because it really felt like this Cinderella story. And, yep. you know, a- as we talk about with the playoffs, sometimes it really is a war of attrition. Who can stay healthy the longest? Whose top yep. guns can continue to kind of not be on the men, so to speak? And for Florida, it just felt like they got into that final round. And even with the time off after the third round, just couldn't avoid, you know, the injury bug in the ambulance, so to speak. No, and there's another name that never played in the final. That was E2 Luostarinen, who was key as a top six forward for Florida too, right? So, uh, you know, it just it, Florida just again, as you mentioned, it Cinderella run. Um, I think most of America was pulling for Florida again. Yeah. Thirty years almost in the league, and you know, just it seemed to like they were the and again the accomplishments that it took for them to get to this point beating Boston, then Toronto, and then Carolina. I mean, it was a gauntlet of a role. You just kind of wonder throughout that very difficult first three rounds, just the beast that is the Stanley Cup playoffs took its toll physically, and it certainly seemed that that's what happened because I think you and I would both agree, Noah, that if Florida was even half more healthy, going into the final uh, may have been a, a not necessarily a different result in terms of who hosted the, hoisted the Stanley Cup, but maybe a closer series and maybe it goes six, seven games. Uh, but nonetheless, you can't take away what Florida accomplished and they've uh, re-energized a fan base that certainly was uh, due uh, for some good times. Yeah, certainly would agree. You have a healthy, you know, Barkov, uh, Kachuk, Bennett, you know, you have some of those guys, Gudis, who actually was a force still in, in the playoffs, just having some of those guys healthy, I think is important. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, we just talked about like Mark Stone, for example, Vegas, Lauren Bersois going down Aiden Hill, catching fire, obviously. Um, Thompson, too, they're starting. Yeah. Goals, even before. An all-star. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, you kind of have to find your way through those battles. Some of it's a little bit of luck, too. Getting bounces, getting opportunities, like we talked about in game one. The big paddle save in Florida hits about six posts in that one. They go up one nothing in the series. It's a whole different ball game, right? So, ball game. So, obviously, you know, a, a great run, though, to see two different teams that we don't normally see in the cup final. So, I think that was a lot of fun. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add related to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah. Um, wouldn't you love to be on Las Vegas Boulevard whenever that cup yeah. parade is? Oh my gosh. I, I can only imagine what the brain trusts are thinking in terms of that. Cause uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I know it, it gets reported on, but from someone who's been down and, and been to a couple of golden Knights games in that arena, um, including last season, their last home game, even, you know, they were kind of on the downward spiral that is quickly becoming a hockey hotbed. Uh, Jesse Granger, who is the athletic beat reporter, did a fantastic article in terms of since 2017 and the interest in youth hockey was, I think the number was like 86 or less than a hundred kids. And now it's over a thousand. Um, the amount of like hockey equipment stores, you used to have to go to California essentially. Now there's hockey equipment stores popping up in Las Vegas or building more new ranks have got now probably 10 to 12 sheets uh, that the public can use. So unreal, right? It's cool. The other part of it, can Florida repeat this, right? I think the real true test for Florida now is, you know, they've made the playoffs now four straight seasons. This is their first trip to the final since 96. Can they repeat this? I, I think Matthew Kachuk showed the world uh, this that he was the right man to, to be brought in. Um, I think we've all, both of us questioned the return that Florida gave up 
uh, in terms of uh, uh, Mackenzie Weger as well as uh, oh geez, why Jonathan Huberdo? Huberdo, right? Uh, but great, right? Uh, I think still great playoffs. Uh, the final still was entertaining to say the least because either way, one team was hoisting the first cup. Uh, congrats to Vegas, and uh, off to the off season we go. Yeah, and unsung guys like, you know, guys that even weren't there when they first made their cup run, like Zach Whitecloud, for example, you know, former uh, Bemidji State uh, Beaver, by the way. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys obviously very happy for them. And Jack Eichel, you know, who a guy that I think has really matured over the last couple of years, uh, you know, for for him to win a Stanley Cup, obviously very exciting. Uh, Moving on to the last topic of the show, of course, no extra ice session today. we have changes coming to the show. When we mentioned the AHL playoffs, by the way, that will probably be the last thing that we actually pull that is outside of the college hockey realm into the future of the show, unless there's something so incredibly crazy groundbreaking that it just like shatters the earth. Um, the fans have spoken here. Uh, mm-hmm. So so we did a fan poll that talked a, a little bit about uh, kind of what they thought about the future of our show. You know, we our options were essentially keeping the show as it was about 90 minutes smorgasbord topics like we normally do. Uh, second option was essentially St. Cloud and conference only stuff. So NCHC, WCHA, men's and women's Huskies hockey, that would be the show. Uh, and then third option was that plus the Minnesota Wild. And then uh, you also could give us an other option if you had additional information. Uh, 14% uh, wanted to keep it as is, and 14% said the Minnesota Wild. One person had additional comments for us, but 70% of you said St. Cloud only, WCHA, NCHC, about a 60-minute show maximum for us. And we've listened, and safe to say this is being implemented next week. Um, and by next week, we mean in about 10 days, we're kind of taking about a not even a full week off, because normally it's about two weeks when we take a week off. It's about a, a half of that, essentially, you know, about 10 days or so. Um, the whole plan uh, for us to start with, shows are probably going to come out on Mondays now moving forward, and this trend will probably continue into the season. Um, in fact, maybe even Tuesdays, but we're going to shoot for Mondays at least to start. So um, obviously, we used to have the show come out on Sundays. We're pushing that back an extra day just to give us a chance to kind of push things out because we are only doing St. Cloud hockey from here on out. We want to kind of have that opportunity. Now, there is a little bit of flexibility there. Um, not so much in the summer. I think we're going to try to be on the ball as much as we can in the summer. Um, the reason those things might change as the schedule comes out, we get into the season. Um, I guess I didn't mention this in the open of the show, Nick. Um, I passed my boards and I am currently a registered nurse in the state of North Dakota and just started my job this week. So, um, you know, when I'm being a (laughs) nurse, you know, when I'm being a nurse, apparently I'm supposed to show up to work at my scheduled time, obviously. So, you know, (laughs) if we, if we have times where I'm working a weekend or I'm working Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, for example, obviously that throws a pretty big wrench into things when we're trying to report on games that happen, uh, you know, after Friday, Saturday. So just kind of bear that in mind. We're going to do the best we can, but apparently I'm adulting now. Um, so uh, yeah, no kidding. I, I <laughs> took the long way around. I did the shoots and ladders and kept hitting the shoots. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's an, that's a great way to, to explain it. Yeah, sure. Nick, were you, you brought here around when they invented shoots and ladders, huh? I mean, that's, um, I think it's actually been around a lot longer than I have, which isn't saying much, but considering I can still see the first initial light from the big bang. So, you know, yeah. Game used to be played on a stone tablet, right? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> the dude, the hammer and chisel was not fun. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and of course, Nick, obviously, you know, going through some changes professionally for him as well, too. So um, uh, a transition, as one would call it. <laughs> So uh, obviously a lot of moving parts for us as well too. So, um, and you know, there might be some continued tweaks as we roll things out in the first couple of weeks as well too. So we'll keep you informed on that as well, but what will this look like? You know, there's things that look a little bit different in the summer. Cause of course we're limiting what we're reporting on uh, in season. It's a little bit different. So starting in season, which of course uh, is when we get the most listenership, the most viewership, uh, which makes sense. The Huskies are back in action. NCHC is rolling WCHA action. It's the best time of year. College hockey is in full swing. Uh, the general scope of things is essentially we're splitting the show into two halves. We're just going to have uh, an NCHC report for the men and then talk about St. Cloud State men's hockey, talk about their recap for the weekend, anything notable around the league, kind of recap you know, the league as a whole too and talk about games in the NCHC, little things that we know, really kind of try to dive uh, slightly more in depth into the NCHC as a whole and how St. Cloud and their weekends fit into that. And same thing on the women's side. The WCHA will have its own report and women's hockey will have uh, its allocated time as well, too. Uh, things obviously changing from week to week. You know, sometimes the women don't play. The men do play. You know, if we get a big story, for example, like Arizona State University potentially joining the NCHC, we're going to talk about that in the next show. That would be something that we definitely want to pull into the NCHC as we start things uh, going on. So, Nick, before we get to our summer plans, Anything you wanted to add about the in-season plans, just kind of the fan poll in general and just kind of the general direction of the fact that um, the Huskies Warming House podcast is essentially coming back to its roots, shortening the show and really doing the core of what we set out to do. They're telling us we need to shut up is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're in agreement on that, right? I mean, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, and I think we've even, when we've gone through the shows as of, late right no when we were trying to cover so much ground it, it can feel a bit i don't want to say exhausting but it can feel like we're missing something we're we're can, stretched we're stretched in yeah. yeah and i think for the fans the diehard fans you know love them or you hate them depending on which you know where you're <laughs> listening from um and and especially after how the huskies do on us yeah Saturday night our, um, our, our dms have been interesting at times yes they have uh <laughs> But you know, the, this fan base loves their hockey team, and that's why that's what they turned us for, right? They want to hear the stories in and outside the locker room. They want to know uh, the breakdown of when the Huskies win, uh, when they lose. You know, why did it happen? You know, they they want the meat and potatoes. And as you mentioned, when we uh, essentially first started this back in January of 2020, which I can't can't believe that that was a thing, wow. uh, you know. And, and, and continued this through a pandemic, which essentially kind of almost pushed us to do it more because, again, we, we I'm not trying to reminisce too much here, but this is going to be sort of a sports center, three camera setup. And then let's say our production crew didn't show up, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, and then I, I th we were really just like, well, this isn't going to work. And then the pandemic happened. And then we said, well, hold on a second. You know, maybe this is something that we can do to keep our chops fresh. And at that time, of course, we didn't know how long or what was ahead of us. And here we are. How many months? 37, 38 months later. And yeah, 
I mean, it's great. I mean, I was in a different major, you know, and totally switched through that. And we had a lot of changes, obviously. You were still going to school, of course, at that time, too. So, you know, a, a lot of things, obviously, we look back on. Of course, this will essentially be our fourth season and change, so to speak, uh, covering Huskies hockey. And I think that's awesome. It's crazy to think about. I mean, obviously, COVID eligibility aside for, you know, some of these seniors on the men's team. But you think about a guy like Vietti Mietnin, right? Like, we've been doing this show basically as long as he's been a Husky, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of wild to think about. And, you know, now he's, he's a senior, uh, you know, so uh, as far Maybe as the show is a senior, I think we're entering our, our senior of eligibility. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, maybe it's what they use at the old folks home to help them fall asleep or something. <laughs> but uh, I want, <laughs> but one of the concepts that has been a really hot ticket item. And one of the things that I think you and I really love doing the summertime is a really fun time to really kind of open things up for some of the teams that we don't get to look at in depth in the sense of like actually just taking a look at their team and seeing what they bring to the table, where they're going to be at looking how we think the WCHA and the NCHE is going to pan out next season. Um, and why do I mention both leagues? Cause you'll say, if you're an avid listener of the show, you go, wait a minute, you've only done NCHE previews for the past couple of years. What are you talking True. about the WCHA about? Well, the Why? WCHA is going to be is going to be in the mix here this year for us. So what we're going to do uh, is we're going to run from what we predict next season standings are going to be. We're going to start on June 26th or thereabouts with the women's hockey preview for the team we believe is going to finish eighth in the WCHA. Spoiler alert: We're starting with the Bemidji State Beavers uh, in about ten days or so. So we're going to start keeping secrets. Are you? I'm not. I'm not. It's, it's tough. Um, but that's where we're starting with. We're going to start with the women's side. And then the following week around July 3rd, we'll do the men's team on the eighth place side of things. So how this is going to roll out, obviously, women's, men's, women's, men's, all the way through this here. Now, a couple of caveats to kind of note here. We'll be going in order of what we think the finishing order is besides St. Cloud. St. Cloud, as is tradition, will be the last teams for the final two previews you know, on the women's side and then on the men's side here where that comes into play a little bit. Interestingly is when we get down to the nitty gritty, actually when we hit September 25th around there, which will be the men's hockey preview for who we believe is going to be the first place team uh, in the NCHC or second place team, depending on how we think the conference is going to shake out. That is actually when women's hockey will be finishing their first weekend of hockey. So they will actually get a recap for that weekend along with the men's hockey preview for that team then the following week the full women's hockey st cloud preview on october 2nd will come out because the women's team will be off that weekend so um in fact there's no huskies teams that play that weekend so the women's hockey preview will be going on they don't play again until the 7th and that's also when the men's team opens up their season so we'll recap that first weekend while doing the men's hockey preview so it's actually going to move a lot later than we have in the past but one that lets us get the full scope of teams as they continue to round out their rosters start into training camp start to get exhibition games rolling and actually both of these teams are going to get their previews after their first matchups of the season so we really get to take a look at the lineup cards take a look at kind of what we've seen and really talk about how uh, i think especially last week we mentioned the men's hockey lineup card really get to talk about it in depth as not only are these the incoming freshmen this is who's here this is really what we anticipate based on the group that we have and i think as the summer goes along as those teams have essentially recruited well played well and 
earn our pick as potentially the higher up teams, we're going to push later into summer and give them an opportunity to round out their rosters and for us to get a more accurate read on, you know, what are they really bringing to the table? Do they really deserve the selection spot that we pick for them? So, Nick, this was a brainchild of yours when we started the NCHE previews. And honestly, uh, probably one of my favorite things that we do every year, especially outside of the hockey season. I, uh, you know, it, you look back on it, it was a no brainer for you. It was obviously a, a genius idea. Um, kind of talk about, you know, where you know where that fits in for us but more importantly expanding it to women's hockey and kind of our preview for the summer what are your overall thoughts what do you want fans to know i I think you know you you put yourself in the fan shoes right and that is you know at the end of each season because the sporting world whether it's pro or college it, it doesn't end anymore right so you're thinking ahead well what are my chances of my team and more importantly when you've got two of the best college hockey conferences in the women's in the wcha and then the NCAC, who is still a top-tier team. Yes, I threw some clout. Sorry, Big Ten. Uh, but, you know, at the end of it, you're trying to think, well, what are, what are we up against, right? What, what does it look like? Now, granted, we don't have a crystal ball. Uh, you know, we don't pretend that we uh, know what, you know, April is going to bring and who's going to be there and who's going to win the national championship. But I do think, um, as a fan, right, you're trying to think, okay, well, what does this season pose? You know, what are the challenges? What are some of the returners? Um, are there going to be big movers up and down the standings, right? What What are we up against? And I think that's really what it spawned from is, you know, how can we create a conversation in the off season that is still insightful, but also maybe a little bit fun and predictable to, you know, throw in some of our uh, maybe some knowledge. I said maybe because I'm not or, sure. Or lack thereof if you're talking about lack thereof, right. last year. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm going to put blame on, on you. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do live in North Dakota, so I tried to be generous, and I was way over generous. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. So, you know, in true spite, we'll say they're going to be bad and they're going to run away with the NCAC. This is kind of how that thing's going to work. But, uh, yeah, that's really what, what the impact is, right? We're trying to set the table. We're trying to give... Uh, like I said, a little bit more of an in-depth look at each team and what to expect. And, you know, you know, is there a potential for this team to, to make noise or is there uh, a team that made noise that's due for a little bit uh, of a step back just because of how the college hockey landscape works? So you, it's kind of like riding the wave, right? You're going to have up periods, you're going to have down periods. You know, what's realistic? And that's where the conversation starts and uh, it keeps the fans engaged. And it's kind of the whole idea behind it keeps us engaged too, right? And being able to talk about the core of what we enjoy too, which is the WCHA and the NCHC. Uh, like we mentioned, again, June 26th is the women's hockey preview, followed by July 3rd for the first men's hockey preview. We'll alternate in that order, women's, then men's. I uh, Obviously, no one's going to remember this if they're driving in their car, but if you happen to be looking at a calendar tentatively, July 10th, 17th, 24th, and 31st will get us through previews 8, 7, and 6 for each women's and men's. August 7th, 14th, 20th, and 27th will get us down to uh, the next couple of teams, four more teams total. And then September 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th, we get all the way through the rest of the teams in the first two weekends, October 2nd and 9th of October is our women's and men's preview for St. Cloud State, respectively. So, um, it's exciting. I mean, really, the show is <laughs> mapped out for the next couple of months, which is really awesome. Previews are a lot of work. We work very hard on them, and obviously, we're going to pull some elements from the past couple of years that we've done. We might scratch some things, might change some things. I'll try to keep the stats to a minimum. <laughs> I say ah. that. 
I say that every year and then, but really um, trying to really condense the show, you know, we obviously doing this poll, it's not just about, you know, Oh, we want you to do St. Cloud only content. And we really want to devote that and cut all things out besides St. Cloud content. We want to respect the time piece too, keeping it an hour at maximum, hopefully less in most cases, uh, and really kind of giving a good accurate depiction of how we feel about the Huskies, but not droning on or anything like that. Like we, well like i tend to do (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair um yeah you know i I was i would if you haven't figured this out by now which a lot of people have (laughs) you know the backstory to this okay that's nick's soundboard for those who are curious you realize how many months and months i've gone after he's gotten the soundboard of him saying can you hear this can you hear this and he could not get it to work and he finally has figured it out so it had to well that's a different way of using the internal soundboard there was <laughs> external soundboards that were trying to happen and it, it just needed a little tweaking we'll put is that your way. internal soundboard usually screaming i would imagine that would be you know uh depends on which voice i'm listening to you know for those who haven't figured this out by the way where i was going is of course i'm an only child which i think it explains so much about me um but <laughs> i think more you just want to pounce on that one i know you do but uh, the door uh, yeah not only the door was the door was it it was nine three vegas with a couple minutes left let's just put it that way the the cup was already out of the case at that point yeah right yeah um (laughs) yeah i think the big thing is i like to talk a lot so i try to do it for you know a a semi side job half living podcast type thing so (laughs) i think that's the most important way i can put that uh obviously as well too you know as we move forward you know we love for everybody to be a part of it you know too obviously our fans uh you know with our twitter of course uh maybe gives us a chance to maybe be more engaged or more refined into some saint cloud hockey stuff as well to promote some of those things as well you know if you know a great brewery that wants to be a part of the experience i mean add them to the list whatever works you know if you want to be a part of a single child running a podcast doing a show in a brewery that just spells disaster you know, I obviously we don't have any brewery sponsors here. You ever had Northeast, by the way? Um, you mean, yeah, brain melts Northeast. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan. I'm just saying, I that's kind of been my recent choice in recent weeks. I'm a big kind of wheat beer IPA type guy, and that's that's not even close to an IPA, but that's all right. Well, okay, but it's not exactly, it's not, you know, it's not like a Bud Light or a Budweiser where it's like it sort of is because it's just cooked longer. <laughs> you know what you know what it's you know what some would say at your age nick maybe you've been cooked a little bit longer that's i've been well past <laughs> you know the temperature i'm burnt on the inside so yeah you know a lot of people's eardrums are burnt from this episode <laughs> already so yeah well it, this is going to be the future of our show it's just us um <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously you know a very exciting time for us i think for us you know to you know, listening to the fans obviously is very important because that is that drives what we do. We want to hear your feedback. If there's specific things you want in the previews for both the men's or the women's side, or moving into you know the NCHC report, the WCHA report as we move into the season, things to kind of hit on during season. If you have any comments, things like that, at Warming House Den on Twitter, you know you can DM us as well too. We'd love to hear your feedback. You know, th- we do this show as we've always had. And we've always made revisions and tried to do things in the best interest of the fans. And I think that 
when we first started and when we first made changes to the show and it got to the length that it was, the idea was the weekly roundup was supposed to give you an idea of what had happened in the hockey world for the week. The main show was supposed to hit on a couple of key points, especially the Huskies during the season and the extra ice session added a topic that we felt that we wanted to expand on in depth a little bit too. And that was great. You know, it gave you a chance to essentially kind of pick and choose your content if you felt like you wanted to do those pieces. But again, I, you know, kind of trying to continue to make changes as we go through. That's been the basis of our show. If you go back, we should do that one day, actually, Nick, is maybe go oh, back and pick an, horrendous. pick an early episode and see how things have changed because um, oh, used to have no, besides the intro, used to have no, I, I don't even know what you would call ad spots. Center ICU and Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup is, I guess as close to an ad spot as you would want to call it. And they're obviously uh, Bill Prout's work is still going to be a big part of our show too. And kind of mentioning that, that, but really, you know, we had no essentially breaking up of content. It was just straight through. And now obviously that has changed and now we'll have to reformat. We might even have new graphics come next uh, show as well too. Uh, if hilarious. <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends on how much time I have. It's kind of debatable and where we feel that's, the next that's, direction that's, is. That's the good news. If you don't have time, then it's great. If you give yourself an hour, it's like <laughs> you just you can't help yourself. So, yeah, I need a bit more than an hour for the graphics. They they're 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 an all day project. There's they're no doubt about that. Little, they're a tedious little thing. But anyway, um, yeah, they yeah. are. But I mean, obviously, you know, excited about this change. Excited for our fans to lead us into this next dire- next direction, the fourth season of Huskies hockey that we cover. Uh, Nick, we're approaching uh, just over 47, 48 minutes here. Any final thoughts you want to add here as we kind of move into the next piece of things? What could I say that you haven't already covered in the past seven minutes? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. I mean, obviously, again, very exciting time. And obviously, we want to make sure that everybody is kind of pushed in that direction uh, and kind of knows our next steps. And we want you to be a part of it, too. So obviously, don't be afraid to reach out and kind of Give us our thoughts. Our, one of the things I've been really excited about personally, Nick, our viewership on the show at some points. Yeah, no, you well, not. that too. But, it, <laughs> you know, it actually, you know, come to think of it, would you like to do that? Would we like to have one of us do the women's hockey hosting? The other one does the men's hockey hosting for the previews this summer. How does that sound? Let's flip a coin for it. We can flip a coin. I've got a coin here. You want to call it in the air? I don't know. Sure. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, on top of that, too, our YouTube viewership has really grown in the past year as well, too, and continues to grow. I, and hopefully, as we move into the season, uh, that continues as well, too. So a lot of great things for us at the Huskies Warming House podcast that we're excited to roll out, obviously. So are we doing this coin flip thing? Are we doing this for real? And then and then the show's over. So here we go. The show is over. Are you calling it in the air? Is that how we're doing this? Yep. All right. Tails. It is tails. So Nick, uh, give me the men's. Yeah. I figured that one was coming. Um, so yeah, so I will be handling the women's hockey previews coming up next week. Uh, and then Nick, of course, men's hockey the week after alternate as we see big changes to the show, tweet us at warming house, Dan or DM us. We'd love to hear what you think for Nick Maxson. I am Noah Grant, and we will see you soon for episode 167 in the den. Timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! So Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies alongside. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! Kirill the thrill!
1.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.